Alexis, I, I mean, I thought this episode was, it was fine. It was okay. I totally disagree. I have very different <laughs> feelings about this episode. So Say more. I, I love so many things. There are so many little things about this episode that make me really happy. Um, like the very first scene of the entire episode makes me so happy. And there are moments throughout the episode where I'm just like, oh, my heart. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, that's so cute. It's like a, a very, a very um, touching episode. And so I really, really enjoy it. There are definitely parts that made me giggle that I really loved. There are lines that are great. I just don't feel like this one stands out to me as an episode, especially in this season where like so like there are things that are important that build more. I mean, I, I don't mind getting other character backstory. We had a great Lassie backstory episode. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind this Juliet backstory episode. I just I feel like it didn't have to be romance and a very beige romance. Yeah, the romance feature was like, meh. But for me, it wasn't about that love story it certainly doesn't deserve to be the things that i loved about it were the first of all the sean henry story Mm -hmm. i love the the gus juliet dynamic Mm -hmm. the juliet lassie dynamic. love that the juliet sean dynamic the chief vic sean dynamic like there are so many moments that are so touching throughout this episode that you know, Scott Seaver or whatever his name is, um, who was probably on the growing pains or something. I agree with you. He's kind of beige. <laughs> that guy is not the big part of the story. Like all of the other little things that are happening are what are part or, or what make the story for me. I do love the part. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I do love the part where uh, at multiple points we see Juliet kind of reconciling how far she's come with what she used to want and what used to fit into her life and her world and like where she is now and and what kind of fits and who fits so that I mean that I will give props to I just don't feel like this one is really a shining standout of an episode so I think you're right this is always always one of the ones that I remember really like there were no there's no question about this episode I I Saw it was a very Juliet episode, and I was like, "This one I always remember." Oh. Um, See the next. We've one had some episodes in the past more. that we've recorded that I'm just like, "Meh." Oh, what's the next one? Oh, big guest star, like big guest star, like the guest star, like the flaring nostrils of the guest star. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> that was like the biggest hint I could give you. <laughs> the flaring nostrils of the guest star. Girlfriend. <gasps> Dude. <laughs> It's the thumbnail of the next episode. Like, I... <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, I'm excited now. Uh, but shall we talk about this episode? It's showtime. This is... To the Blueberry! I am Alexis, and I am a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real-life Sean. 
And together we make up to the Blueberry, a psych rewatch podcast. We decided uh, like over a year and a half ago now, maybe not a half, over a year ago now that we wanted to start a podcast. So we had a reason to talk to one another. So we are rewatching our favorite show, Psych. And today we are at season four, episode 12. Alexis, what was this one called? A very Juliet episode. And we do get a flashback, but not our usual flashback. It is a flashback of Juliet in Los Angeles in 2003. And again, this just starts off the episode for me. I was I never love sure where that we, we were. are getting a Juliet flashback. Were we in Los Angeles? Why are we taking trains? We were... I was so confused. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so the story I got from it was that uh, little baby Juliet and this big handsome man. Beige man. Came to Los Angeles. I don't know. I thought he was handsome. I liked his IMDb picture better than his look in this show. He just but, looked like every um, guy we went to college and high school with. I swear to God. It's just. They came to Los Angeles to like check it out because that's where a big handsome man is going to be or nearby. And um, Juliet is on her way to Miami. Because she doesn't get on the train. He does. But she's on her way to Miami to go to college and the police academy. I thought she gets on the train in this part and he gets on the train next time. Because he lives in California, but she's going back to Florida and to finish she's... college. Yep, you're 100% right. So why, why is she taking a train to Florida? I don't think she's taking a train to Florida. She might be taking a train to the city where the airport is. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. She's leaving, leaving <laughs> on I mean, that midnight train to Florida. Gross. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I to do that. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that's a thing. They uh, decided that they did not want to do long distance, although now that they've been together a little bit, Scott kind of does, but Juliet's like, no, clean break. He doesn't want to do long distance. He wants her to stay in Cali with him. Which, like, she has a plan, dude. Don't get in her way. She'll resent you forever because this is her calling. She's going to finish school. She's going to the police academy in Miami. And long distance doesn't work. So clean break just made the most sense. But. She said, how about this? How about in 10 years we meet back at this very train station at the same time? 4 4 p.m. They, if they are both single, they will go get coffee. If they both are married, they will be happy together. They'll be happy for one another. And talk about their kids or something. And he's like, how do you manage to be both practical and entirely romantic? She gets on the train and he goes, there's just one problem. Ten years is too long. How about eight? How about seven? It's a deal. Or plan. Or whatever. Screen goes black, screen comes up, exactly seven years later. Which makes this 2010, because we started in 2003. Girl, we were freshmen in high school in 2003. That's true. And 2010, we were late into college. Mm-hmm. And this girl is at this train station in a pretty red dress, which is not, I'm going to say, Juliet's normal color of choice. It's a statement. It's not, but it's about it. Like, I'm about it. 
this is oh, another reason why sure. I love this episode because every time I picture Juliet, I picture her with this hairstyle and this dress, like very classic, very chic. I love it. Yeah, vintage glam. So she's in red. It's 4 p.m. But 4 p.m. also comes and goes. And then a Steve Perry song starts playing. And it's real sad. You can tell that she's very anxious, but she's also very excited. But there's no Scott. And then 6 p.m. And she's on the phone with somebody. Do we ever find out? Do we just assume it's Lassiter? I think so, because... Later on, we find out that he has been her confidant through all of this. So there's this fake out with this other beige man walking through the doors, and he's got a minor soul patch, and it's not Scott. It's just some other beige man, but honest mistake. Um, And then it gets dark out, and everything's closed down, and no more trains are running, so it's empty. So she finally leaves. Just a sad Juliet. This is the next scene in SPPD where Juliet is using Lassiter as her sounding board. Lassie is very excited to be someone's confidant and then gives her the best piece of advice that Lassiter could ever give a person. Oh my god, I have this quote. I have this entire quote. Okay, good. Because I only have it to gun-wrenching despair. It is is quite... I want you to listen to me, O'Hara, and believe this, because I mean it from the bottom of my heart. All romance ends in despair. Or death, but mostly despair. Gut-wrenching despair. And I'm, I hate to say this, but I'm actually happy that this happened. Because now you know, and it's just going to make you a better cop to realize that all people are essentially just out there to destroy any chance of happiness that you will ever have. I feel a hug coming on. I think it's... It's such an awkward hug. That was great, Kay. I'm so happy you got all that. <laughs> There's a nice, it. awkward, Lassie Juliet hug. And again, this is the this is part of the story that I love so much. Like, totally. like we're watching Juliet and Lassiter's relationship blossom here, where like we we make the assumption that she called him for advice and that you know her heart's broken, so she's going to him. Like that's that's such a great. Um, I don't know like I, I have goosebumps like this it's just such a great moment uh they have another really great moment later but she tries to rally Juliet's like okay I can do this I don't need to worry about it I got this uh but exactly 10 minutes later she's looking him up in the system illegally there are no matches to his name and she's very confused so she ropes in buzz yay buzz They are going to go through the paper files looking for him, but uh, Chief catches her doing this for a, quote, personal matter, which is very illegal. Says, sorry, but stop exactly what you're doing right this moment. Um, And then she's like, I'm sorry to come off like a hard ass, but, you know, and there's this really awkward back and forth between Chief and Juliet where Juliet's like, no, no. Oh, I I didn't take it that way. I was trying to be a hard ass. Oh, well, then it definitely worked. So weird. She's like, "Uh uh-huh. Back to work now. Shoo. (laughs) As as she's walking away, Chief Vic said, "Um, I'm sorry your boyfriend didn't show. Can I offer you a piece of general advice about men? They often don't show. Oof. Everybody this episode. Just with the cynicism. Mm -hmm. Um, Jules says that Scott was different. And then she spots Gus. 
and she's like, oh, I can have him look for for Scott, but only Gus, because bringing in Sean would make it weird. Yeah, that would be kind of awkward. But no worries, because Gus is in total stealth mode. Vault of Secrets. There is a Joliet-Gus fist bump. It's like a magic disappearing fist bump. It's the coolest one yet. Ah, that moment. Okay, again, this is another (laughs) dynamic that I love about this episode. Immediately punctuated by Gus um, not so smoothly running into a door. With blinds, because they were in secret conference. Right, that's true. It's, I don't know, I still think it's great that Juliet feels, like, close enough to Gus that she can go to Gus without Sean. Um, That speaks to their relationship as friends versus just, you know, Gus being Sean's sidekick. Well, they also work on... Gus is not. No, no. I mean, he's definitely his own person, which I love about this show. But, like, they worked together when Sean was missing in a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So, like, they they have a dynamic, and I love that, that we're doubling down on that in this season. Um, so we go to the psych office. Oh, my gosh. And a very important thing comes up in this, this scene. Gus is looking for Scott on his just random, like, a random search engine on his computer. And Sean is like... What you doing? Oh, sweet. We got a case. No, I'm looking for a missing person for Juliet. And Sean's like, ooh, for Jules, I'm totally in. And Gus is like, no, I'm doing this. It's it's no one in particular. She doesn't even know this person. It's just something I'm doing on the side. Sean is like, oh my God, you're in the Vault of Secrets. <laughs> Juliet said no. You cannot help, period. Suck it. Fine. This is the first time they say suck it. It is the first time they say suck it. And we get it so much in this episode. (laughs) Like, it just like, it was like, oh, this is a thing now. Very clearly. My favorite part about the suck it catchphrase. First of all, I'm sitting on my psych blanket right now. And it definitely has suck it listed as a, as a psych catchphrase. But do you remember the commercials and it must have been like pre-season like one of the later seasons where the boys are like doing exercise to get back into the groove of being on the show and I think it's I think it's Sean is lifting weights and every time he does a bicep curl he goes suck it suck it suck it suck it no no Oh my but gosh, that you is need the to look perfect up that commercial. To... It's so funny. I mean, I must do bicep curls this way from now on. Here we go. Uh, Sean and Gus get back in shape. Oh, this was for Psych the Movie. Oh. The original one on the USA Network. Oh. God, do you remember? Isn't how... that fantastic? Do you remember how turned up we got over that? The, oh. oh, yes. When that was announced, we were like, it's back, it's back. I'm freaking out. And now we're three movies yeah, in. Yeah, that was... Oh. It was amazing. I I love that commercial. Like I still I still laugh at it. That's gonna live fr- rent free in my head. I haven't seen that in it, so long. Oh, sorry. Okay. All right. Hello. Let's get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we get the introduction of Suck It. <laughs> this went on so long, Alexis. Sean said that if uh, Gus doesn't want his help, then fine. He'll just do it alone. You can't. I accept your challenge. There is no challenge. Sean, I just end up being Gus accidentally sometimes. Yeah. 
Uh, now we are at 24 hours later, and uh, Sean's found Scott. Sean and Gus both end up at the SBPD. They both have a message to deliver to Juliet, and Gus says, I think I should be the one to deliver the news. Um, I'll break it to her. He says, break it to her. There's this thing about how Sean should be the one that breaks it because he's the one who does this. Which is the hand to the head thing. Um, oh, yeah, because this is a podcast and they couldn't see you just do that like I could. I was right. very confused. Um, and Sean says, because it'd be weird if you suddenly did that. And Gus is like, it's weird when anyone does that. Sean says, I think it's pretty sweet when Simon Baker does that. Simon Baker doesn't do that. Which Kaylee had to point out to me was a mentalist reference that I did not get. Yes, Simon Baker is the lead character on The Mentalist. And Sean says, well, at least we have that. <laughs> because The Mentalist was a blatant ripoff of Psych. Who did it better? Because we have three movies. Suck it! <laughs> Suck it! <laughs> they, um, they are ready to go tell Juliet. And Sean runs up and says, Jules, I've got good news and bad news. Bad news is... He's dead. Gasp. And Juliet is broken. Oh my god. She goes into full, like, shock and mourning. And Shonda's like, whoa, she really cares about this case. Well, because it wasn't some random guy, Gus said. It was her boyfriend. What? Why wouldn't you tell me that? There's a whole moment of like, well, what was the good news? And Sean said, I was going to say we have a case. Because I'm pretty sure he was murdered. Credits. Full song credits. At the psych office, Sean is there early to work on this case. And uh, Sean has called in Henry. Um, yeah, he needs to solve this case for Juliet. You know, for closure. And Henry is like, um, I'm the one who found him. He didn't just call me in this time they are certain that whatever's going on is very obviously a cover-up of a murder so henry found something um gus is surprised that sean called in his dad and henry's like are you kidding i'm the one who found the guy sean ate munchos and sean says i was on the missing persons website but henry says you were on the missing persons the band website <laughs> I, I didn't know that was oh uh, where he actually was was on the Treasury Department's website because he got his Treasury Department password up and working again. Uh, you don't have a Treasury Department password. No, but agent somebody else does. Oh, Lars Ewing from, you know, the Very Thirsty Juliet episode? Yes. <laughs> That's a good reference. I didn't catch that one either. Yeah. They are using uh, Gus's computer to look it up because Sean realizes that it's very illegal. So they do the search and the result pings an alert and a girl who I just want to point out is in a very secure looking government agency office, stands up from her computer, walks out of the room without securing her computer and locking it down, which I can't even do in a financial place of business. Um, I work from home and I can't even do that. Yeah, she leaves the room, didn't lock her computer to go tell a man in a suit that they just got a, res uh, a search result for Scott Seaver. And he's like, is it local? And she's like, Santa Barbara, so fairly. And he's like, 
All right. And we see his gun holster and we're like, he's either like a G-man or like a bad guy. And we don't know at this moment. They make it unclear. They make it unclear, Alexis. (laughs) Do they? (laughs) But do they? Wait for it. (laughs) So... (laughs) Sean, Gus, and uh, Lassie are working in Chief Vic's office, and uh, Lassie is acting a tough game. Gus says, are you but sure this is okay? As soon as, he, <laughs> as soon as he sees someone even remotely that looks like Chief Vic, uh, he hits the deck and asks the boys to do the same, and they all, like, drop down. Um, oh, we're good. It, it's the biscuit lady. I, I owe her 80 cents. Also, we maybe made out it when the company get-togethers. <laughs> what we find out is that... Uh, there was actually another one of those moments, but um, what we find out is that Scott Seaver was working for a company owned by J.T. Waring. Who is an L.A. mobster arrested for racketeering. Then they hide again. And then they um, decide that things he got in over his head. They decide that Scott probably got in over his head when he was working for JT. And um, it led to him getting that's why someone. <laughs> right. That's why someone killed him. So there, and, there is a little throwaway line about like, what even is racketeering? And Laster goes, nobody knows. But we do. <laughs> we know. We know what racketeering is. Because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Did we? With uh, um, somebody's trying to kill Lassiter episode, Sean gets the yips. Oh. Oh, because other mobsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russians. So, right, right. Yeah. So basically it's any time someone uses a business for illegal proceedings, either doing business illegally in an illegal way or using a legit business as a front for criminal activity um basically anything dishonest or fraudulent and business dealings at the same time like (laughs) it often leads to like those rico charges that we kind of have talked about before um but it can cover anything from murder kidnapping extortion intimidation criminal business for profit like it's very vague on purpose but yeah Mm -hmm. mobster racketeering it goes hand in hand lassiter's like hey we should probably get juliet get juliet in on this because um we need information from her but we should do it very delicately well sean says we need to do it delicately because lassiter wants to grill her over her old boyfriend and they kind of nominate sean because lassie can't be trusted and so Sean approaches Jules with the other guys. It doesn't go great with the other guys. <laughs> Sean kindly asks about Scott. Lassiter asks about all of the cop things he wants to ask about. Sean smacks him. <laughs> and we get a classic Lassie manhandle Sean moment. Oh, it's great. And then Gus just bursts into tears. And... I'm a sympathetic crier. Nobody was crying. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so Juliet's like, this is not the right time. And so Sean is like, seriously, Lassiter fetishes? And Lassiter's like, 
<laughs> talk to uh to Captain Fawcett's over here. And Gus blames um, Lassiter. It's like a it's like a whole Mexican standoff of blame over how badly this went. So Sean's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And so he goes outside and catches up with Juliet. And um, we get kind of a rundown from Juliet about Scott. The things that I have um, in my notes are that he was a wonderful, wonderful guy. He was super tall. And, you know, I love tall guys. Ah. And she was crazy about him. Sean's face. <laughs> Sean's face. Also, his athleticism. And Sean's like, so football? And she calls him a tight end, which is just the most suggestive title of a football position. <laughs> like, you couldn't just call him like a, like a, like a, I don't know, midfielder like they do in, in European football. <laughs> like, he has to be the tight end. <laughs> I mean, so the tight end is an actual position. Yeah. But yes, Suggestive. he he was built he was built like a like an offensive lineman, so he easily could have been like a center or a center forward, which would have been less. Yeah. Are you? I know about football now, kid. Come on. at me right now. And <laughs> I, I know about football. You can blame my husband. She then went on to say that um, she, she had nothing but like great things to say. And I guess he had a rare Dumbo collection and it was like super priceless as a collection, but he broke the collection apart to give her one because she, because she knew, he knew that she loved them so much. Loved Dumbo ever since she was a little kid. And Sean is like, wow, he's ticking all kinds of boxes for you. Oh yeah. He got her Super Bowl tickets on the oh, 35 yeah. yard line. He had a connection through his grandpa knowing the mayor and it was like the best night of her life. And then Sean sees Gus and Lasseter spying from behind a tree and he's like, get out of here. And like, there's a weird hug thing, and then he's motioning to the guys, and he's like, you and your black friend, get right out of here. That's amazing. And you can't see it, but I'm also doing the, like, shoe motion that he was doing. Hand. Um, Juliet is just thankful that they were able to talk, and uh, they have, like, another hug, and finally, Sean is just like, you know what, let's just keep walking. And she's like, oh, okay. And then he chucks And then a they start rock, to walk. A rock so hard at this tree. I was like, was this scripted? Someone could have been hurt. It could have ricocheted. <laughs> I do, again, as, as I'm justifying why I love this episode so much. When, when Lassiter and Gus are, are spying on Sean and Juliet, they are hiding behind a tree doing the very classic, like, Gus's head is lower than than Lassie's head sticking out from behind the tree. And it's just so funny to me to see it. Because, okay, so I was in a play in high school where we had to do that, but there were way too many of us. And me being the tallest, I had to drape myself over this pyramid of much smaller girls and be the top head in this scenario. Also while singing, it was a lot. I just... Was that Little Shop? Yes, it was. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> so, um, we get a little. Oh, it's okay. I went to a I went to a wedding this weekend, and we took a family picture, and uh, I had on heels. I had on heels at the wedding, and um, I was the tallest person in line, with the exception of my cousin Evan, who was the groom. But I was taller than all of the men. Yep. So. Yep. Oh, that's gonna be me at the at the wedding I'm going to for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we get a check-in uh. with Henry, who says that the popo up in the part of California where Mr. Guy was sort of from slash where his unaliving probably happened have been no help whatsoever. It's like they didn't even do their due diligence at the crime scene. Um, the former crime scene is now a mini mall. And how did they take absolutely no photos of the crime scene at the time? And then it turns out he's talking to Sean on the phone through Bluetooth while Sean is in the blueberry with Gus. Sean is driving the blueberry and Gus then realizes that he's on the phone and was like, have you been on the phone this whole time? I've been talking to you. We're driving the wrong direction. Oh, yeah. But they're not driving the wrong direction because Sean always has a plan. I just wrote Dumbo dot dot dot. He's got a plan and includes Dumbo figurines. Somebody is selling this rare collection of Dumbo uh, figurines minus the one that Scott had given Juliet. And so as they walk up to the door, Sean's like, I'm pretty sure whoever's selling this is the killer and stole them from Scott thinking that they were um, got finally in the clear and could get, get rid of them now. Um, and Gus is like, so we should tell the cops, right? And Sean's already knocked on the door and he's like, we could be at the house of a murderer. The door opens. They both scream like little girls, but then they make these faces that are like, what? Yeah, I was really into the vibe of the door opening and them screaming and then immediately like not being afraid i just like loved that whole moment as a comedic moment once again they walk in and they tell juliet that they have good news and bad news um this time they start with the good news so he's and not the good news is the boy's fist bump and juliet breaks through the fist bump to run over and give him a big hug and a kiss yeah weird it was a lot i mean i know she's relieved but like just like jumping into someone's arms and kissing them after seven years and you thought they were dead. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Sean does not like them kissing. We get, we uh, see that very clearly. Jewel says, oh, so what's the bad news? And then Sean backtracks. And he's like, you know what? There's no bad news. Chief Vic comes in because she does have bad news. She has the feds with her. her. She's with Agent Wayne. And we find out that Sean has exposed a key witness who has been in witness protection program, the witness protection program, which I call WITSEC in my notes because it was shorter to write that way. And so I will likely keep calling it that. And um, there's so many faces all the way around. Yes. So um, Daniel Wayne is a federal marshal um, and he is so like, wait, it was you you found him and Sean's like yes yes I did and (laughs) um yeah they've exposed a federal witness and I kept saying WITSEC in my head and I was like wait is that the right program am I getting things confused but I kept calling it that in my head too and um let's see so we're in a debrief meeting room Jules and Scott are holding hands Sean is very distracted by it so was I it was ick they uh scott is telling his whole story and basically uh where he worked was a front there was a raid on jt's warehouse where he was working and a federal agent was killed um jt the bad guy the guy that we believe killed this federal agent um 
was connected to kind of everything and now he is behind bars but while he's behind bars he's still very connected and so um, agent wayne is very worried about scott's safety and wants to get him into another witness protection plan scott is very like no 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 no. i want my life back i'm with juliet now i you know she scoured the state for me and i'm here he's in jail how much can he actually do there is a point where scott says i never felt safe in witness protection dun 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 so jules looks very uncomfy with this like way of looking at what she did she just sort of like did a casual look around when she got flaked out on and someone else found him. She didn't scour the state for him. She didn't know he was in trouble. She didn't have some sixth sense about it. Um, and so like giving her like praise for like finding him and being worried about him. She's like, it's eh. <laughs> not really what happened. <laughs> But nonetheless, they do uh, end up on a little date where Scott is at Juliet's house making dinner for her. Yeah, and her entire spice cabinet is like untouched and her spices are completely sealed. And her... I wrote for shame. <laughs> her, I... I recognize that she's busy, but I... Come on. I mean... Like not even cinnamon. Lassiter buys groceries. Okay? Lassiter. Yeah. She asks him a question about witness protection, and she said, did you ever order spaghetti marinara and get egg noodles with ketchup? And she's, like, giggling a little bit, like, chuckling at this, and he's like, no? What? <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's from Goodfellas. It's, you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Again? Again? Now we have Joliet making 80s pop culture references? Scott doesn't get it, and I was like, wedge. Like, a firm wedge if you don't have, like, listen, I have lots of people in my life who don't get my references, but the people that do, or that at least know, like, ah, you're making an 80s movie reference that I don't know, like, that's, it's fine. They know it's me, and he doesn't get that. They're not on that level. They don't have that connection. Mm-hmm. He has no idea why she would be making a reference to a movie. They're about to have kind of a tender moment where they're going to tell each other about their lives. And Juliet hears something outside, immediately pulls out her gun and tells him to get away from the window. Lassiter is outside and he saw someone who was around 5'8 um, who ran off. And so Lassie's like, dude, I'm going to go find him. And Scott's super confused because he thought they were on a date and he's like you were just protecting me which okay (laughs) beige man kindly sit down was it not super hot when she stood up drew her gun and was like get away from the windows i was like oh jules look at you yeah and he's not into it boy boy sean would be into it yeah he would We are back at the Santa Barbara Police Department and Mr. Wayne, Agent Wayne, wants Scott back in witness protection. And Chief Vic is like, listen, bro, he is a private citizen. You know as well as I do that we cannot force him into doing anything. Does she use the word compel? Like we can't compel him to like follow your instructions? I don't know. I just, 
that's the word I want to use right here. Anyway. Um, that's okay with me. Let's see. <laughs> I just wrote Wayne is like, girl, I don't care. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> girl. <laughs> I know. I was like, he's super mad. He just wants what he wants. He's like, I don't give up. And Sean is like, oh, he says, I don't care. And Sean is like, fugitive. And then he tries to set him up for a better, like, Tommy Lee Jones quote. And again, like, nothing. Like, nothing on his reference. And... Yeah, there's a reference to Conan because they're trying to figure out if... Well, Sean Sean is trying to figure out why Juliet and Scott were on a date. And he was like, wait, wait, what time was this? Was this before Conan or after Conan? Because Sean wanted to know how late he was at her place. And uh, after the fugitive reference... Sean goes, all right, all right, shake it off. Let's try again. I'll be Harrison. And I'm, is that, that's a Harrison Ford reference, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Tommy okay. Lee Jones played a federal marshal in two movies, and I always get them confused because there's federal, no. Is it called federal marshals? I don't know. One is The Fugitive with Harrison Ford, and the other one is with Wesley Snipes. And mm. Tommy Lee Jones is just Tommy Lee Jonesing out all over the place. So he's like, even if he's not the same character, he's the same character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I could never remember. Wayne is uh, very upset. And Chief Vic is like, how about you don't talk about my people in my place? Um, you need to go get your crap together. And Sean's like, you know what? Some of this is my fault. Gus tells him all of this is your fault. Much of this. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry. He has a plan to fix it. He is headed to prison to meet with JT. Gus is like, this, this is your plan? To talk to a convicted murderer? Gus, don't be that it and wait for it. Guys, this is where we get our Arnold Vosloo guest appearance. And he is JT Waring. And he's killing it. He has so much presence. Y'all, this is the mummy of the 1999 The Mummy. This is, this is Imhotep himself. Yeah, he he does a really, really good job in this role. And there's this this very funny scene because they're in in like prison talking. You know, they have their little phones go in and they're talking to each other. And Sean goes in and introduces himself and then does a, a Gus intro, but goes, and this is my associate, Burton Guster. Now, now you use my real name. JT makes a reference to Scott being out of Witsack. And Sean's like, how did you know? I didn't. You just confirmed it for me. Sean, let's go with little button and said, I can't catch a break this week. And then clicks the little button and starts talking in a British accent to him. I've come to plead for Scott Seaver's life. Really, as a reasonable person. And <laughs> Gus is like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm trying to talk to him on his level. Like in his, speak his language. And Gus is like, he's not British. His language is English. <laughs> So we should say Arnold Vosloo is from South Africa. Um, oh. He's not British. Like in no way, shape, or form. Is I did he not. <laughs> Sean's just like, dude, please do not put a hit out on Scott. Um, in the grand scheme of things, you're doing three life sentences. So his testimony didn't really matter. At... I don't know what I wrote here. I wrote something for Warring. And then Sean's like, oh, God, what did he say? Oh, he said, he said, listen, people 
people who are not in prison sometimes do things for me, whether I ask them to or not. As a favor to me, blah, blah, blah. And Sean is like, sure, of course they do. You're super cool. And he's like, please maybe tell people not to do those things. And, um, and, and, you know, let Scott be, you know, alive. What's in it for me? I'll make you a cake that's high in iron. Like, heavy wink. (laughs) With, like, all the smoothness in the world, he's like, how about we do something that's a little bit less absurd? (laughs) I was not the one who killed that agent, and I want you to find out who did. Sean is like, he's so convincing. And Gus is like, he is a criminal. And Gus is like, yeah, but he's got such a great head and a real presence. He's very... Billy Zaney. You and Billy Zane are the only ones who use that term. He is playing to you. He is the lowest form of trash. And Waring is like, you do realize I can hear you and these don't click off, right? Now, there is something very Billy Zanian about, um, about... Arnold Vosloo? Arnold, Arnold? Yes. Arnold Vosloo? <laughs> Apparently, when people come up to the... St- come up to him on the street and ask if he was the guy in Titanic? He says yes. Well, people often Because ask... people confuse the two all the time. Yeah, people ask Billy Zane if he was, like, in The Mummy all the time, thinking he was Imhotep. Um, so Warren then talks about honor, and, and Sean's like... Sean. Oh, totally. I have a bootleg copy of Saving Private Ryan at home. There's so... We don't even have time. Um, but yep. Waring says, I'll serve my time for my alleged crimes, but I don't kill people. And I can't have my children thinking that I kill people. Sean believes him. Do we have a deal? Gus is like, do not, do not, you do not. And Sean is like, I do. And Waring's like, vindicate me and Scott will be safe. And Waring puts his fist up to the glass he knows to put his fist up to the glass, first of all. He's so cool. And then Gus is, like, fighting with Sean. But Sean puts his fist up, too. And they fist bump through the prison glass. Deal. Oh, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> we cut to the Santa Barbara Police Department, where we have a very funny Lassiter and Juliet next moment. Oh, God, it's so awkward. <laughs> Where Lassiter just goes, I want to give you my blessing to consummate your relationship with Scott. Ew, what? What? All things considered, Lassie's okay with this guy. And he's really liked being her confidant. So after a thorough background check and an unauthorized blood test, I think he's okay. Unauthorized blood test. Juliet's like, "Mm, yeah, I'm just not sure. You know, I... I kind of signed up for coffee. I, if someone, if I hadn't shown up and he tracked me down, I'd think he was a stalker. It's just, it's like that scene in Greece. Oh, you mean the one um, with Sandy after the bonfire? That's exactly how, that's like scarily accurate. Lassiter's like, listen. You need to give it a try, because if you don't give it a try, you're never going to know what's happening. Mm. It's like... It's such a good, it's such a good Lassie Juliet moment. It's a good moment. moment for them. And he gets her references. Yeah. Like, spot on. So it's not just like, you know, romantic people that fit into your life in certain ways. It's like just 
these connections that you've made found family whatever yeah i mean based on your argument earlier juliet and lassiter make a better couple than juliet and scott i mean i don't need them to be a better couple but like they're a much better connection he fits into her life now like she's evolved past that college relationship as it was Mm -hmm. Sean, Gus, and Scott head to T&H Imports, which is the place where Scott worked when JT was arrested. They break in, let's be honest. Gus is like, "Um, you did not need to break that window. The door has been sitting here untouched for four years. There's a thing called decay. (laughs) Decay. So uh, Scott is like, well, this place was really high up on security so you're kind of both right do you always disagree like this always (laughs) sean is uh kind of questioning if scott even knew what was going on um he's like what how how were you here and you didn't know what was happening he was like i was an appraiser i wasn't in for the day-to-day i just like appraised and did my job i didn't have to worry about the business dealings of who was importing what. That wasn't a question. So Sean wants to see where the body was found. And uh, Sean and Gus end up going into the office where Sean does a, a classic thing of telling Gus to be the body. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not laying down in that blood stain. And Sean's like, that's not a blood stain. That's, that's just crime scene grease. FDR didn't want them to keep using it. That's why we don't use it anymore. So Gus lays down, and then um, Scott walks in and says, why is he laying in the blood? Besides, he was laying the wrong direction. According to Scott, he was laying a different way, but uh, Sean is psychic and saw the pictures (laughs) and knows that that the body was laying in the other direction. What about the bullet? Wouldn't that have contributed to the uh, whole trajectory question? Well, they never found the bullet. Didn't you read Um, the file, says Gus? Sean is... Sean is being kind of weird and then ends up falling backwards and opening up a window. And then Sean continues to doubt Scott and is like, listen, everything he said in the last two days was wrong. Oh, well, then Gus goes, dude, everything you said in the last two days was wrong. Yeah. Gus tells him to stop doubting. And then Sean says something about Mr. T. Well, I was right about Mr. T being an extra in the Blues Brothers. Ah, that's it. Gus is like, about this case. And Sean is like, sure, sure. But if he's right, then that means. And he psychs out for the trajectory, which would have gone through the window. And they go outside to search the trees. Sean makes this comment about how the bullet went through the agent in relatively relatively the same spot. So the bullet was probably traveling straight. But Gus, in his geniusness, was like, dude, you're looking in the wrong spot. You're not compensating for the hill or the fact that the trees have grown over the past four years. And, and then, then Gus adjusts it. Sean's look up and Sean sees it. Um, so Sean shimmies up this tree without any branches, which, okay, Mulan, sure. Um, <laughs> and they find it and they, and he's getting all sappy because they're sap dripping off of these trees and they want to dig it out, but they don't have time. Um, and then there's a hoodie man with guns. Because they hear gunshots. I just wrote... Sean's like, run, but help me. <laughs> um, I just wrote, they all run away. And 
Sean is all sappy. They are back in the woods, but this time they have the entire brigade with them. And Sean is sensing that there is a bullet in the tree. But there's no way you could see it with your with your normal eyes. You would need a psychic third eye. Okay, there was a weird fun fact about this because apparently Tim Amundsen was in Starship Troopers, which I don't remember him from that, but he had a very literal psychic third eye in that movie, apparently. <laughs> so... There's that, I guess. Everyone's like, dude, we can see the hole. In fact, once Gus finally gets Sean to look up, someone's already dug out the bullet. And Sean's just like, oh no, somebody must have gotten here before us. It was the killer. Who would have done that? At the Santa Barbara Police Department, Juliet is hugging Scott goodbye because um, it... Looks like Scott is headed back into Witsack. I mean, now, after being shot at, he's Chief taking Vic, this pretty seriously. Chief Vic is giving the boys a formal reprimand for everything that they've done wrong, They're to recklessness. which she lists a bunch of things. Misuse of a federal database, informing a convict that a witness is out of protection, trespassing, assisting a murderer? That last one is not a crime. At best, it's poor judgment. Agent Wayne wants to charge them for all of these these uh, crimes that they did commit, but Sean's like, why is he, why is this agent so obsessed with this case? And we find out that because the agent that died during the raid was his partner. Gus is like, wow, just stop talking, Sean. Like you could not get more wrong. Sean sort of is like, Wayne, what? And then Chief says that he is escorting Scott to his new witness protection liaison and that Sean just missed him. And Sean runs to the window to see them getting into an SUV together. And he sees that very same sap all over Wayne's hands. That was all over him. I just wrote sap handed. And the Chief is like, so now? And Sean is like, ah, him. So passionate. Passionate for a cover up. Uh, somebody better follow me and runs away sean gets on his motorcycle which we do not see often enough and follows them there's a whole lot of motorcycle mumbo jumbo that happens yeah this is supposedly one of the last times we see sean riding this motorcycle every time the motorcycle has been shown this season i'm like bro i hated that thing why is he on it so much this season i think this was his breaking point yeah if i'm honest that's fair they are doing this like weird, basically Sean on his motorcycle gets in front of the the FBI car and gets them to pull off the road and Wayne is mad. I will have you arrested. Um, eventually we get Wayne to oh, say- Oh, that's funny. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> on what grounds? You can keep going. I don't have a ton for this. Let's see here. Murder, attempted murder, conspiracy, unlawful, unlawful carving, unlawful carving of a spruce tree. Um, Wayne says, you know what? It's too bad for you. Like, this one, this one was going to be easy. He was expendable. But you're just making this difficult for me now. It's not going to be so easy to get rid of you. Sean references... Sean does make another reference to Billy Zanian qualities of JT, but he also realizes that it was an accident and has this kind of flashback to what probably happened. Basically, Agent Wayne saw somebody in the window with a gun and shot him from a long distance. And when he got upstairs, that's when he saw 
that's when he saw JT and Scott standing over the body. And then he was like, oh no, I shot my partner. And he rearranged the body to make it look like he had been shot by um, by JT. And then he ran away. I said, um, accidental shooting cover up. Oh, Wayne pulls out a gun. Yeah, so Wayne has already no- or knocks out Scott and then pulls a gun. And then there's a tussle. And we get our whole thing. And then- Sean slaps him. Followed by, I'm not proud of that. I was very proud of that. I said, tussle finally goes down. Oh, so <clears throat> Sean's final like thing with this guy was like, so by pinning it on JT, you guys still got your conviction and your your partner didn't die in vain. I don't know what to call this. Um, is it a... Oh, oh. <laughs> I wrote fisticuff and <laughs> Sean slaps this man. And and then he gets knocked out, and then he does a full kip up, and he improvised the line. Dude, did you just see what I did? There's more fighting. Wayne is ready to kill him because Sean is on the ground in a very vulnerable position. And then Scott comes up behind him and knocks him over the head with a pipe. I wrote rebar. Okay. And... Sean replies, thanks. Yeah, I I sort of thought it was going to be a little bit more dramatic, like... Then the cops pull up and they see that Scott's the hero and he gets all this praise. But it didn't really go down like that. Like, they showed up a little bit later after Sean's, like, no longer on the ground. Um, And Wayne gets arrested and he's like, I'll have your badges for this. And Lasseter's like, you're right, bro. (laughs) You're not an FBI agent anymore. Um, Juliet gives Sean this, this very nice, like, thank you face, but doesn't actually say thank you. And, And Sean gives it back. And then Sean starts to tell Gus what happened. Um, Jules and Sean share a look. Gus says what happened. Um, Sean tells him. And um, Gus is like, I'm pretty sure you won that fight. And Sean is like, I've heard it both ways. (laughs) In the very last scene, we are at that very same train station once again with Juliet and Scott. Jules has a confession. She uh, she didn't really do all the digging. She had somebody else just sort of look him up for her. She didn't know he was in trouble, so she didn't try that hard herself. Scott actually knew that, but was still kind of hoping that it was Juliet. He's like, well, where does this leave us? Well, Scott said, um, I don't know what's going on, but I don't even know what my life is right now. I've lost the last four years, blah, blah, blah. He starts rambling, and Juliet's like, Listen, I have an idea. What about in three years, we meet again right here, same time, and we meet the new you? Scott gets on the train and in this perfect bookcase moment says, one problem, three years is too too long. How about two? How about one? And then they wave. And Jules has like this fraught expression at the end. As he, like, leaves. So, my notes say sad and confused, which I think is probably the definition of rot. Yeah, it's just, like, it's very weighty. There's a lot in that look of hers. Beautiful facial acting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, she did it for the bookend moment, but I don't think her heart's in that. She's like, this could be goodbye. Like, this does feel like goodbye. And, I mean, ultimately it is. We do not get that one year later moment. God. 
I did not need to revisit this beige man. I just didn't. I'm happy for him. <laughs> I'm happy for him. So by, by one year from now, have Juliet and Sean gotten together? I do not remember when that happens because we are only in season four. Does it happen in season five or season six? I don't, I don't even remember how it happens. Me neither. We're on this, we're on this journey again together. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I still adore that episode. I just, I love, again, it's not about the Scott Juliet story for me. It's about Juliet's story with everybody else. Um, that just like brings my heart joy. Yeah, the family of our cast is very apparent in this episode, and that I do like. Um, that's always a joy, but uh, yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> so, okay, you found online where people were saying that there was a pineapple, but um, yeah. So the official word from the there's USA. There's a little bit of a story to it. Yeah, the USA Network says there isn't one in this episode, but fans can be insistent as we know. And many people say that they think there is the silhouette of a pineapple in the office building at the like J and or L and what is that place called? The imports place in the office window. Yeah. The eight, the T and H imports place. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I also didn't cheat. Um, yeah. So I, I just found that fun fact. I didn't look for it myself. We always like to say, like, I'm sure there was a pineapple. I'm sure there's always a pineapple. I'm sure just most of the time it ends up on the cutting room floor or they don't happen to use the wide shot or something like that. Like, we, we have faith that there's always pineapples. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think so. It's just, it's too good of a, it's too good of a bit to leave it behind. Yeah, yeah. It definitely, I mean, the promo we insisted on watching all of um, a little earlier we took a little mid-episode break to watch. Like three-minute break. <laughs> it was like the original promo for the first Psych movie when that was being announced. And there were pineapples everywhere in that. So, like, they they really play it up. The fan service is there. But... Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, I love this yeah. show. I can't wait till we get to the movies. I know. I, like, I can, but I can't. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, we're going to be, like... Too close to done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the movies are a good time. Well, there's still a ton to come in the, our um, in our psych story, so don't stop listening now. Uh, please, please start listening. I guess like, sub- <laughs> subscribe, comment. You know, just listen. I would be on board for that. Email us at to the blueberry podcast um, at gmail That would be super sweet. If you want to like guest star on the podcast, if you found a pineapple that we didn't find. Um, we'll bribe if you want to correct point. us, <laughs> yeah. If you want to edit our episodes for us, if you want to leave us any a of those things are, on are acceptable. Any platform, feel free. Yeah, it'll really help with the algorithm. Yeah, anything because <laughs> we are deep, deep on these platforms um, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's still still worth having a podcast. It's so fun. That all said, my name is Alexis, or we'll never know. Like, what would have happened if Kaniki would have driven that Thunder Road? Are we still in Greece? We never weren't. <laughs> and I'm Kaylee. Yeah, you like tall men and fat animals. And this has been... To, to the, the Blueberry! Psych out. <laughs>